0: On this week's episode, I interview Kaylin Carr, a mom and author of the book, Screens Away, Time to Play. We talk about the importance of play, the detriment of too much screen time in relation to behavior, and screen-free suggestions for parents to implement at home and on the go.
1: So I wanted to write it in a way that kids would understand like why they can't be on screens all day long. It's not an anti-screen time book. It's just that, look, your job as a kid is to play. Play is so much more important to your brain and growing your healthy brain. And screen time has a place, but it is doing these things. um, Like the first line says, I know it's hard to turn it off. You see, they're made that way. They're really irresistible. Your brain says, stay all day. And screens can get your brain excited and we leave it wanting more. It sometimes seems compared to screens that everything's a bore. So I wanted to try to help kids understand that and then give them ideas as a resource on what they can do instead. Because, again, you you'd turn off the screen and they're like, it happens to my kids, all the, like well, not all the time. But every time we would start screen time in the morning for some reason or another, like it was like the whole day was just they didn't know what to do with themselves.
0: Hi, and welcome to The Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Kaylin, thank you so much for being here today and taking time to talk about you and your new book and how to... Incorporate play um, in children's lives. Thank you for being oh, I'm here. So, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, I've been following you for quite some time, and you know, we've been following each other for a while. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just, I obviously as a play therapist uh, and someone who values play not only as a mom but also professionally with my clients. I I love I've always loved your take on play and I've always loved your ideas that you have because um, I think a lot of moms, including myself, sometimes when you get wrapped up in your own things you have to do whether it's cleaning the house, paying bills, you know if you're a working mom like me and I'm working at home and my kids are in the background. It's, it's hard to get things done when you're you know when you when you don't have activities for your kids to do and sometimes you have to think kind of quickly in the moment if you don't have time to do all the prep and preparing for you know um, certain activity centers and you know different crafts and items you might need for that so the thing I like about your um, books and your Instagram is really just all the, um, non-screen activities that you have for kids. Um, so, but before we go into all of that, I just want to talk about play for a minute and the benefits of play. Um, again, as a play therapist, obviously, you know, I preach a lot about just play in general, right? And just, um, you know, all the social skills benefits, the, the problem solving skills, you know, there's so many benefits to play. And now I've been talking about how play can manage behavior and how parents can utilize play to help get their kids to behave. I mean, that's one of my big things I'm talking about this year. But I'd love to hear, since you're my guest, I'd love to hear from your perspective, you know, why you're so passionate about play as I am, but where that passion came from and, you know, why you value play so much.
1: Yes. Well, play is like the foundation of a child's life. And I, it's just so important. Those critical years, I started researching and learning that your your brain you're born with as many neurons as you're going to ever have and it's the play that makes those connections and those language skills and i just feel so passionate because i am seeing i'm a former teacher um, and i am seeing screens take over childhood and replacing all of these critical activities for fine motor skills imagination creativity and and it's just, it's really disheartening. And screens are not bad. I'm not here. I'd say I'm not the screen police. Like, we use screen time, and there's a place for it. And it can be a really useful tool for parents. But it's when you come to rely on it daily, and kids are not learning how to entertain themselves without the use of screens. They just, I mean, play is a muscle. So, like, you're not using it and activating your imagination, your brain. It, it's going to become a lot harder. They're going to become dependent on needing a screen or an activity to to entertain themselves. And I often say too to parents, like, you're not a cruise director. It's not your job to have all these social, um, you know, social media, Pinterest curated activities laid out for your kids. Like. That is definitely a societal pressure when you're seeing that online, but it is not what kids need. Like kids just need the time and the space to play. And if you can give them that, they will learn and practice and get much better and better to play on their own independently and entertain themselves.
0: Exactly. And I think that's what stops up a lot of parents is because they think, you know, and they get overwhelmed at all the things they feel like they have to prep for, like a teacher would. You know, I I volunteer Mm -hmm. at my kids' school every week and I do a lot of prep work for them and copying things and cutting things out to get ready for, you know, that next thing. I think that's what parents think, oh, that's one more thing I have to worry about. And it just seems easier to just put them in front of TV and have their favorite, you know, show on. And we'll talk about, you know, some of the reasons why that might not be a good idea, you know, and why they should maybe go to this first. But, you know, one of my kids' favorite activities they've had since probably their toddler years, and now they're in elementary school and they still love it, is just getting a bag of any kind. You can have a grocery bag, uh, a paper sack for lunches, any type of container, really, even like a Tupperware container. And you go outside, you get the fresh air, right? You get a little vitamin D, you get a little movement, a little exercise, and you go around the neighborhood and you do like a nature scavenger hunt. And I know you have similar activities too that I, I want you, know, you to share about, but that's just one of my go-tos that if, if my kids are getting irritable, if my kids are getting restless, if they're complaining about being bored, and I'm starting to, you know, lose a little bit of my mental health in that moment, I say, you know what, let's just go outside. It takes even 10 minutes. It doesn't take a huge time either. You go outside for 10 minutes, you go around, you collect rocks and grass and leaves, and you know, there's different printables you can print out to, you know, give you some ideas. But if not, you just let them pick what they want. You know, find some treasures around the neighborhood that you want to bring home, right? And mm-hmm. they love that activity and it keeps them busy and, it, and then it inspires them that when they get home and I need to get a little work done, you know, whether it's cleaning around the house or just getting some emails sent out for business or whatever it is, they come home and then they go in the backyard and they do it for another hour <laughs> and they, yep. they find more mm-hmm. treasure. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving anyway, but it's so simple. You yes. don't need anything for that. They collect mm-hmm. it on their own. You just need like 10 minutes of your time. Um, mm-hmm. What are some activities that are similar to that that you suggest um, that, in the moment, in that pinch moment, that parents don't really need to prepare for, but they can do something like that of that sort that some you know mm-hmm. that that you talk about
1: one thing is water. I mean, I know that it's it can be messy, but like water is so they love it, like so, if you wanted to just fill up a sink and give them a stool and put some things in that might float like a pom pom or you know that's like your own little sensory bin there or have them take a bath midday if you need them to be in one spot and, you know, play with the bath toys. And another thing that's a huge favorite, and we all have cardboard boxes, right, coming coming to us, just save those. You can flatten them out, but when you need them, like, and we, you can just put them in the box, or if it's not big enough, they can Just be outside the box and decorate it like I love um, paint sticks that you can buy that are really smooth on cardboard and they can just color inside. You can do crayons, you can do markers, Um, just simple things that are, you know, easily accessible that you that they, they really will love it and continue to play creatively.
0: Exactly. And that's the whole thing. And I know, um, I I think you actually talked about this on your feed too, but I was actually just on a conference call a short while ago talking to this about someone else, that there was an article, there's multiple articles in different research that was published, but one specifically that was published last year in the Journal of Pediatrics. I know you know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, about having the lack of independent play um, is leading to a decline in children's mental health and well being, And that is pretty prominent, right? I mean, just you know things are being taken away if unless you homeschool but if you're in a in a public even a private school there's not a lot of time for play you know even even our kids recess at school i think it's like 10 minutes and they have mm-hmm. to have a snack and eat and then play and sometimes they don't they don't have time to play cuz they're finishing their snack if they get out of late or whatever the case is the bell rings they need to go back to class and that's just such a disservice to children i think at home that happens too i think a lot of times you know we get caught up in all the other things we have to do in our daily lives, and we don't just allow kids to play at home either. And it's mm-hmm. so important for kids to do that to decompress from a long day at school, or you know, maybe they come home even later because they have soccer practice or baseball or dance or whatever it is. And play doesn't seem like a priority anymore. And I think it is affecting kids' mental health and their well-being. And they need that time to just express themselves. They need time to just be bored and use their mm-hmm. imagination, their their creativity, right? Um, right? But I think a lot of parents are intimidated by that because they think oh no spring break's coming up or summer's coming up and i have all these days with my kids at home and we're all going to lose our minds right mm-hmm. so um so let's talk about that a little bit what are your what are your thoughts about that i mean do you agree with with the research they found on that article i mean do you think there is a correlation between the lack of play and the increase of children's mental health
1: i do and i hear from teachers my kids teachers that they are noticing such a difference of kids coming in To their classrooms versus even 10, 15 years ago. And kids like, they give them a creative project on those days and they're like, "Uh, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like, they don't have that capability. And I know there's such a huge, um, you know, talk about mental health with teens and social media and all that. And I'm a big proponent of waiting, 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 waiting. (laughs) My kids. My kids are not not getting a phone or social media is going to be even later. Um, But we're forgetting like the beginning, the early years are still impacting that later on in life. Like I said, it's like you're laying the foundation and it really is an investment in your child's future. And know that screens are an easy thing to, you know, give to your child because they work, they are quiet, they are entertained. And there's nothing against that if you're doing that every once in a while when you need it as a tool. But just to, like I said, to do it all the time, every single day, it's a disservice to your kids because they're not getting those coping tools. They're not learning how to manage their time, how to what to do when they are bored, and all of those mental tasks.
0: Exactly. And so speaking of that, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your book. Um, so I, I have a copy here in front of me and I'm just, I'm so mm-hmm. intrigued by this, by this topic because <laughs> I think like you said, there it is, um, screens away <laughs> time to play, which I mean, I, as, as a proponent for play, like I said, I'm, I'm very much into that. And I, I do think parents should set some boundaries around, screen time, you know, whether it's not having any phones at the dinner table, you know, while you're doing that, or, you know, setting limits on iPads and not just having it a free for all. And because if you do that, you tend to forget, like, you know, when did they start? And now it's like two and a half hours later. And you're thinking, oh, gosh, (laughs) like, you know, that's, it's too long, you know, Um, because there are some consequences to too much screen time. And you talk a little bit about in your book, which I think is great. I think it's a great reminder for parents and, and children to learn about, because, you know, like I said, a lot of a lot of parents are under the impression that um I'll just put my child in front of the TV because that's where I know they're contained, they're quiet, they're entertained, like you had said. Um, but there's detriment to that, you know, it does affect their brain. It does um, you know, increase the symptoms of like, say, ADHD, hyperactivity, things like that. So can you go a little Mister Dax? that? I know you talk about it in your book. Um, but can you go a little bit into that? Because I think parents don't really think about that. They just, you know, they don't think like, oh, after the, my child gets off the screen, I'm going to have a bigger problem on my hand. My child might be more right. irritable and more hyperactive. And that's like the opposite effect of what you want it to be. So um, will you right. go into a little bit about what you wrote about in your book and just your thoughts about that in general?
1: Yeah. Well, I, it starts back with my own kids who were born about the same time as the iPad and it was the newest, coolest thing. And I remember like potty training and I would give them iPad to do while they sat on the potty. And I just started noticing things. I would notice how like completely zoned into it they were. They would not answer me. They had no idea what was going on in the world around them. And then I would take it away and there were the tantrums and the fits and I'm not ready. And, then there were the questions of when can I have it next? When can I have it next? And I just took a step back and I was like, I do not like this. This is not working for me. It is not worth it. Like they can watch a TV show and it's like they're, it's their screen time, but it's not the the same effects. And I was, you know, there was no research out at the time. It was just a gut feeling that I put our iPad away and i just stuck to tv as our screen time and now there's just so much research coming out that it's overstimulating their brains can't handle it and then they are and there's mri images to prove it on how it can be addicting like same way drugs can be that dopamine release and forming this habit loop that just they want they like the feeling they get so they want more and it's just this never ending cycle and it was just somewhat of a relief like oh I I knew it like this is why and it makes so much sense and it made me feel a little guilty because I was blaming my kids like why can't you behave like why why is this and it's like oh it's the screen that's like they have no they can't help themselves because it's their brain and this is what is their reaction so then fast forward to my book. I wanted, I'm a former teacher, like I said, and I love using books as teaching tools and conversation starters. And it's kind of like, look, mom's not saying this. Mom's not the bad guy who's who's saying this. Like it's in the book. so it's Because they're not
0: going to probably listen to you anyway. I feel like when we tell our kids stuff, you know, mom to mom, I tell my kids stuff and just goes over their head or they, you know, they don't agree with me, Mm -hmm. but then another mom says it or a book says it or their Mm -hmm. teacher says it. And they're like, oh,
1: Okay, oh, all, it, you know it comes through so exactly. I think, I think
0: books are great for that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I wanted to write it in a way that kids would understand, like why they can't be on screens all day long. This it's not an anti-screen time book. It's just that look, your job as a kid is to play. Play is so much more important mm-hmm. to your brain and growing your healthy brain. And screen time has a place, but. It is doing these things, um, like the first line says, I know it's hard to turn it off. You see, they're made that way. They're really irresistible. Your brain says, stay all day. And screens can get your brain excited and leave it wanting more. It sometimes seems compared to screens that everything's a bore. So I wanted to try to help kids understand that and then give them ideas as a resource on what they can do instead. Because, again, you, you turn off the screen and they're like, it happens to my kids all the, like well, not all the time, but every time we would start screen time in the morning for some reason or another, like it was like the whole day was just they didn't know what to do with themselves. So yep. I noticed that, and then I'm like, okay, no more screen time in the morning. it will be an afternoon. And so I feel like it's a big science experiment where you have to find out. It's different for every family, and screens affect kids differently. My my own two kids are very different but you just kind of have to pay attention and realize what types of screen time, what types of shows, like are they overstimulating, too fast paced. Because there's the whole um, persuasive design component of technology these days that was not like the internet and TV shows when we were younger. And so that is a big force that is, Kind of it, 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 parents are up against. And there's these huge tech companies that are literally manipulating our brains to keep us on screens longer. And it's such an unfair fight for parents that, that we have to, you know, do this mind control thing because it's so strong to, to manipulate to get us to stay on. Like they're using all of those psychological components
0: Yeah, and 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 I think too, you know, obviously things like you said are very different than when we were kids, and you know, in in video games and just how everything is just so quick now. You know, like the images per second is just so much quicker now than it ever was, and like you said, it there's like a dopamine, you know, fix to it. There's a, a serotonin increase. Like kids are craving it; they're addicted to it, and. They don't even realize it. You know, they just get mad at us if we say it's time to get off, you know. So I know I use visual timer, Sometimes that helps. You know, sometimes we do some type of um, play distraction where I'll just start playing music in the room and invite them to have a dance party. Or, you know, sometimes I'll even kind of intrigue them with, hey, you know, we didn't have any. Um, like a, like a snack or, a, you know, if it's like in the afternoon, you know, we didn't have a snack yet after school. So let's, the first person to get off the iPad gets to have a snack, you know, which sounds <laughs> kind of like a bribe, but, but that's like, you know, but kids love that. They love just that distraction. Like, oh, there's something else out there than other than this right mm-hmm. now. So, um, but like I know you segue. get tons of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Just to get on, just to, to move on to the next step. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. And I love in your book, you have so many examples of things that kids can do in in lieu of that, you know, build a tower out of blocks, um, color pretty pictures, um, read books, you know, play dress up, um, go outside, you know, play with their trucks or their toys. I mean, there's so many like ways that you have in here, um, that, you know, give kids ideas of what they can do. And like I said, without actually any prep, like they have most of those Mm -hmm. things probably somewhere in the house that they can do. right?
1: Right. Um, yeah, I wrote it to be like this tool and this resource, so I envision and I hope that parents, when they, once they read it with their kids, then all they have to do is say, okay, screens away, time to play. And it's like this connection to the book, and they remember why and what other things to do instead, and it's like kind of like the segue. Yeah,
0: and they can flip through it and say, okay, what do I want to do? Because they may forget in the moment. They may think, well, I don't know what to do. Okay, well, get that mm-hmm. book out and let's flip through it and find something you want to do in there because it's mm-hmm. page after page of ideas of things for them to do and something's going to be intriguing for them. Something is going mm-hmm. to spark, you know, their their interest and they're going to want to do it. You know, like, oh, that's right. I haven't played with my dinosaurs in a long time. I'm going to get my dinosaurs out or I haven't, you know, put together a, you know, we have a wooden train set my son loves and he forgets about it. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. And he loves it and he gets so into it, but he kind of forgets he has it until you remind him. So this book is a great reminder for that as well. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: I've had one thing great. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it's been really great to see on reviews on Amazon of like stories of kids doing that exact same thing. Like I can hope, but like it's actually happening. So I'm, I'm really excited that it's actually a, a great resource for kids and, and they're, they understand it. They get the message.
0: Exactly. And of course, the visual component, the book is very colorful. It has lots of beautiful images. So I think obviously that helps kids, you know, really get into it too. But what do we do when we're going out, right? When do we do when we have to go on a road trip, we have to go on an airplane, we have to, um, you know, maybe be at someone else's house for the weekend, you know, grandma, grandpa, whatever, they might have maybe as many tools for us or we're at a restaurant. I can't tell you how many times we've been in a restaurant and I see the whole table on their phone. The The mom, the dad, they're on their iPhones. You know, the kids are on their iPads and no one's talking to each other. No one's engaging. And I just want to walk out to that table sometimes and just be like, can you guys just talk about like, I don't know, something. Your day. Um, <laughs> And, and there's no shame. I mean, there's no judgment. I've been there too. Trust me. I've been there too where you're in that panic. Your child starts having a tantrum and you're like, here, just take the phone. Like it's just easier to deal with than, you know, and then, you know, when you get anxious like that and your cortisol levels rise, you kind of forget that there are other options out there. So I've been there. Mm-hmm. I get it. I totally get it. That's why I feel like you can't just wing it sometimes when you go right. on these road trips or go you you have to be prepared, right? So exactly. what are your suggestions for those types of events when you're not at home and you kind of have to prepare maybe just a little bit more so that doesn't mm-hmm. happen in the moment.
1: Yes, preparation is for sure the key and there's like different so scenarios like for restaurants I would pack up like little busy bags. I would just and have them in the car and or in the diaper bag and like make sure you have like this little kit ready to go so when you aren't thinking about it when you're trying to leave the house you're like oh okay we can just use this and and you know cut crayons or uh small books um cars or like stickers that they can stick on paper those are really easy small things that they can t- you can take with um and then like just in the restaurant like there's games you can play that require nothing like i love to play um what's missing. So I'd put like three things out on the table and then they would have to close their eyes and I'd take one away and then be like, okay, what was missing? And they would have to guess, or you can do like a little scavenger hunt, like, or play I spy with things around you. And then as far as, um, road trips, we actually, our family loves road trips. And there was one time when, um, my kids were, Maybe he was three. My son was three, two or three. And we were going on like a four or five hour drive. And so now, like I've always said, like two hours or less, like my kids need to learn how to entertain themselves. They're going to bring, now, now that they're older, but they're going to bring, you know, what they want to do in the car. But after, if it's longer days where we actually like travel, um, I will plan activities and bring some fun things to kind of make it an experience, like creating memories and family memories. Well, this one time when my son was little, I brought the iPad at the time when, you know, we were still using it. I was like, just in case. we're gonna, I'm just going to have this just in case. And he was fine, but we were ending the end of the trip. It was like three and a half hours in, and I was like, okay, um, let's just do this. He's being good. And I gave it to him, and it was a time limit. Okay, you can have like 20 minutes on this. And when I took it away, he screamed the entire rest of the way. And I was oh, no. like why did why did I do this? Things were going just fine without this. And that was really a wake up call. And that was the only time I've used screens and now it's like they they when you don't have it with you, there's no temptation, they're not expecting it, so I just leave it away. I know it's different for different families like you might have a movie time, special movie in the car if it's on a really long trip or airplane rides. So that's just kind of where you have to think what's best for your family and if screens are going to be useful in that situation is like a special occasion. Or is it going to interrupt and make it, uh, you know, like an emotional outburst that's not helpful. Um, But for car rides, we love to um, play podcasts. And the kids listen. There are so many free podcasts that you can listen to. I actually have a... You subscribe to my email. It comes to you in in the sequence as a, a whole list of things, podcasts for kids to listen to. And we play games out the window, like, you know, find the ABCs on road signs. Um, You can do like wiki sticks are those like waxy sticks that you can like, that's no mess. They're really easy and fun to like manipulate. Um, Activity books. My kids, thankfully, they love to read and they don't get car sick. So reading in the car is another big activity that they do. But I know that's not doable for everybody.
0: Exactly. I know one game we like to play on the road is finding, especially if we go a little bit further away than, even if we're still in the same state, but it's like you said, more than two hours, we like finding different license plates from different like yes, states yes. from across the country, right? And then we make a list and that. see, okay, how many license plates did we see from Texas or Arizona or wherever? And the kids really have gotten into that game lately, too. I mean, they're a little bit older, so they're able to look out the window and, you know, define the different license plates. But that's also kind of a winner in our family. We, we love doing that. And it keeps the kids really busy. And they're engaged, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they ask about, well, where's that state? And then we could talk about geography because I always love kind of combining right. education with play, you know. So
1: right. um, yes. it
0: makes it fun. It makes it fun. Well, let's talk a little bit about your inner circle because I know you you have other other books. Actually, speaking of you, you have a a journal, a travel journal, I think, Mm -hmm. right? For kids, yeah, Um, um, and many other books. So. Um, I just want you to share a little bit about that so people can know, you know, when they go to your website or, you know, find you online, what they can find from you in different resources. And I, I know you have something called the inner circle. So, which is probably what you might've just been referring to, but if you could go in a little more detail about that and maybe just, um, you know, a little bit about your other books, that would be great.
1: Okay. Well, if you can see in the background, my sign, Quiet Book Queen and Crafts in Between was like the initial start of my business. And so I have developed Quiet Book. Templates and patterns, which um, are they're so good, using in a restaurant or while traveling because they keep little hands busy and engaged. They're made out of felt. Um, but my business model has kind of changed since then, so I still have the patterns and the kits available. But during the pandemic, I started creating these activities for my kids, like treasure hunt clues, scavenger hunts, busy bag activities, and I kind of. Wanted to include more parents and grandparents who didn't sew necessarily to be able to Come up with some screen free activities for them. So that's how I started the inner circle So once a month you get a new bundle of activities about eight to ten That you can for ages like three to seven that you can put together and leave out like You know you wake up the kids wake up early You can leave out a little activity for them to do before you have to like get up and get out of bed or like keeps them busy while you're making your coffee or making your breakfast or, um, you know, take it out on the restaurant. And some are memory makers to do together and some are imaginative play. Like I'll have pretend play setups. Um, like I, I can't even think of, like I did a post office one year for Valentine's day or a pretend pizza parlor. Like those imaginative play setups where you set it up and your kids really do get creative and we'll play play for a while. And then I have my other books, which are two our activity workbooks for kids to like write and draw in and practice. One's preschool and then the road trip journal is for older, like six to nine years old. And then I have two activity books par- for ideas for parents and caregivers and teachers. Um, one's indoor preschool activities for that age range, like hands-on play and learning, and then one is science activities. It says it's toddlers, but it means it's good for toddlers, but it really, you can do it up to elementary school because they're just exploration and uh, science activities.
0: I love it. I love it. You are just chock full of so many resources and activities. So for any parents that are listening that feel overwhelmed or intimidated by trying to find different activities for your kids, hopefully you got some good ideas of just some things around the house that you can do that really take no prep at all. But if you want something more, then you know they can go to your inner circle and you know get eight to ten a month. That's amazing, you know, because I think some of them you can repeat, right? I mean, you can repeat, you know, time and time again. So you always have something on hand when you need it, you know? So I think that's great. I say
1: that, like, I think I have a real pinned that, yes, my business is all about these fun activities you can do, but like there's a pocket of your day that they're good for. It does not mean that that's what you need to be doing all day long there. If you want to connect with your kids, if you want to do something special, you want to make some memories or you want to keep them busy and promoting that play, um, But it does not mean, you know, that I'm, again, you know, I'm still 100% for get a cardboard box, get things outside, and just give time and space and let them figure out what they want to do. It's so, so, so important for them.
0: Yeah, independent play without the parents being right there or being interactive with it is 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 really good. Whether they're by themselves or whether with a sibling or a neighbor or a friend or whoever, um, as long mm-hmm. as they're in a safe place, um, I think it's great. I love when my kids play independently. Sometimes I actually purposely separate them and say, no, you go in your room, you, go, you're, you know, go different size, you go in the front yard, you go in the backyard. And I separate them so they can find you know, just the comfortability of playing on their own, right? Which I mm-hmm. think is just really good for so many skills too. So Thank you so much again for being here today, and thank you for sharing about your new book and all of your resources. I hope every parent takes advantage of it, and I just wish you all the success in the world with your your new book.
1: Thank you so much. and If anyone wants to find me, um, I'm on Instagram, just Kaylin Carr, and my website is KaylinCarr.com.
0: Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.